Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very 246th episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, a podcast about board games and board games and board games and board games and board games. And I'm joined today by Matthew Lees, who's on my sofa. I am. It's the human board game here in fleshy form. Wow. I've got bits. I've got cards. I've got all of the rules laid out in front of you. And the rules today are, we're going to talk about board games. We're going to talk about three board games today i'm sort of thinking a lot actually before we get into what games we're talking about is like would you rather be like a man who's made of like board game components that are like stuffed inside you like a scarecrow or would you rather be sort of like a board game robot that's kind of plasticky and you know crunchy? Right. do you know what i mean yes so it's like are you visibly a board game yeah. component or is it that like in like in terminator when they 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 pull back his skin and he's mm-hmm. a robot underneath it's like you're just lots of little I'm imagining like the Ludo plastic pieces, like yeah, the little like player yeah. pieces, and not... like dice. Yeah, um, I think I'd probably go for the the, the latter, even okay. though it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you might have an accident that involves doctors being like, "Oh my gosh, the inside of this man is just yeah pieces." Do you think as soon as you're perceived, you die? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you just you just as soon as they realize that you become lumpy in mm-hmm. a way that you obviously are. But yeah, I don't like, really want to think of like two kids stuffed in a trench coat kind yes. of energy. Yeah. I, I don't want to think about this, really. No, okay. Well, I'm glad we sorted that out. Yeah. On this podcast, we're going to talk about just one game. We're going to talk about Daybreak from CMYK, a game about solving climate change. Are we going to solve climate change in this podcast? No. But we're going to try and explain this game to you. Let's go! First up on this podcast, we're going to talk about Daybreak, a game from one of our favorite publishers, CMYK Games, designed by Matt Leacock and Matteo Manapas. This is a game about solving climate change, and I quite like it. I don't know how much I like it, but I enjoyed, I've enjoyed it every time I've played it. Mm, I quite like it too. Ooh. It's interesting. It is indeed it's, interesting. it's a lot more interesting than I was expecting, mm-hmm. and that sounds like shade, but it isn't. It's just that I think Matt Leacock is a good designer. Mm-hmm. I think they quite reliably make pretty cool games. He made Pandemic. Exactly. That's what we should which is, say to people yeah, who don't know. Which is a great game. Mm-hmm. A fantastic game. It's cracking. Um... And I was expecting this to maybe be quite pandemic-y. Yeah. Because, you know, it's got a world map and it's got cards. Mm-hmm. And, and it's got cubes. And it's got cubes. Yes. So I thought, right, okay, cool. Like, I was expecting this to be maybe a twist on pandemic with a climate change vibe. Yeah, it's and- like you're a climate scientist and you're going from, you know, Argentina to uh, Stockholm. I, love, and, I really love you struggling to think of anywhere and else in the world. Any place. What other places oh, are there in the world well, apart I was from Argentina? Say Buenos Aires, but isn't that in Argentina? <laughs> yeah, I, think, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm bad at geography, but it's it's not that far off. I think. Okay, or maybe it is. I don't know the world, but I do know more than one place in Argentina. Immediately, I was like, Tom's just really into like steak at yeah. the moment. But I think it was maybe it was like A. You were like, what's the first letter A, and then. And then your brain was like, I can't do enough geography. I can't do geography. Which you, is good that you don't actually have to do any geography in this game. You don't. You don't go from place to place and do climate change. No. Or climate change solving. The map is deceptive. Because is actually, deceptive. in a real way, much like the real world, mm-hmm. there are no places. It's all just one globe. Wow. And we have to look after it all ourselves together. Feed the world. Seriously, though, it's very cool. And the way it extrapolates all of the different... Um, problems that we mm-hmm. face as a as a big wet globe mm-hmm. uh, into very broad strokes of you know um, deforestation, 
desertification. Mm-hmm. I can't help myself calling it desertification. Ooh, delicious chocolate syrup. The desertification of, of humanity is a delicious. delicious. <laughs> uh, you know, ice caps melting, all the fun stuff. Yes. Um, into this kind of this is a global issues, mm-hmm. and then having all of these different cards that interplay and can affect those things sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. Uh, which are a web of interesting ideas and ecosystems and progressions. Mm -hmm. But then mapping that as players against you having actual requirements of people and not trying to be like, let's all just not captain planeting it, I guess, you know, being like, well, now we're going to turn up and use the green beam to turn the world into trees. Mm -hmm. Having this thing of like, well, yeah, obviously we want green energy, but you need to provide energy. Yeah, people have to like have energy to live. You know, yep. we're at this point where, you know, humans need a lot of electricity. How are you going to deal with that whilst also phasing out all of your ways of making that electricity? And this game really just did a really good job, I think, of abstracting that stuff enough mm-hmm. to be able to approach the kind of huge swathe of complexities yeah. in this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst also having enough specifics that it did feel kind of relevant and concrete yeah we should we should say that um one of the things and to that end one of the things this game does really well is it has qr codes on the bottom of every single card so when you're looking at a card that's like i don't know wind farm something like that just something simple you can scan that qr code and you can get real world okay i'm gonna go to the website just so i can give you the list of things that these cards do so each of the cards with these QR codes links to a web page where you can see not only what the card like is in the real mm-hmm. world, what it actually is and what it does. Then you have a explainer of the rules of that card, how it works, how it might interact with weird cards. It has tags on it that show you how the tags work. It has links to get you to learn more. And then my favorite part is it has a section called Take Action, which is how you can try and actually like actively implement this thing in the real world like who you can petition, who you can call, like who you can talk to to try and get some of these technologies actually kind of like working in, in and the happening real happening and being used. It's crazy. Like that's from like the micro scale to like, you know, here's how to do a compost bin versus yeah. like the macro scale of like, here's how to tell the government to go and like do, make more public transport. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, which is great. I think that's really delightful. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I think the the breadth of it is what's really impressed me, frankly, mm-hmm. is it's very easy to have stuff like this. And I've kind of touched on this very briefly in the past. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times in ways that I've done things in videos, I've ended up actually like deleting the footage because I haven't really been able to express myself properly. Mm. But I feel like when I was playing things like um arc nova mm-hmm. i felt like there's a, a big push towards games that are all very leafy and green and yeah, yeah. um but don't really kind of uh, it's hard to explain don't deliver on it almost interesting and i feel like there's definitely the kind of parallel between lots of games that are like naturey mm-hmm. and also the fact that it's like board games there's kind of a, a natural kind of wholesomeness idea yes. of being like let's get away from screens let's do something nice something, do something cozy yeah. and then this coziness combined with these themes about nature makes me feel like there's something about it that's not i wouldn't say like I, my brain wants to say sinister or insidious and those are not accurate because <laughs> it's not i don't think this is being done with intention it's just no. a side effect of people wanting that feeling of coziness and warmth and goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, but is it actually doing anything good? Is right. it actually even representing the the things it's talking about in a way which is meaningful? Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. We're making beautiful little ecosystems that are making the world better and greener. But like, are, is it really researched or whatever? <laughs> Whereas this feels like legit. It yeah. feels like you've yeah, got yeah. Um, a lot of the issues being 
discussed and thought about in terms of it being like actually about climate and the world and the it's not just like it's getting hotter and we need more trees it is looking at like yeah, you know yeah. we've got issues with deforestation but we've also got like deserts becoming yeah. like more intense in a way which is causing issues and like yeah. thinking about the broad thing and then having a really wide selection of like you say some of them being really minor things or really specific as yeah. well like and and in a gameplay sense only really useful in really like laser focused ways that mm -hmm. are like if you implement this at the right time in the right place it can be really effective but it's not just a broad like take things off the you know off the map at any time it's not just a, you know, every card isn't just like reduce the amount of global warming that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is a specific solution to a specific problem that you may or may not be facing in this particular game. Yes. I also think that Daybreak does a really good job of like putting its money where its mouth is as far as the um, production of the game. You know, you talk about games like Ark Nova and things like that having this sort of like, you know, earthy or cozy or environmental theme. But then, you know, Ark Nova has plastic inserts and, you know, like cards that are, you know, classic non-recyclable yeah cards. and i think this is what i mean is like it's not to say that these games are being facetious or it's just i think it's cynical yeah i think it's just accidentally piggybacking on a feeling yeah exactly um, that maybe people don't even realize they mm -hmm. just go like publishers will probably go well you know games about nature and animals seem to do well consistently yeah. right and i think that that's something that obviously leads to people making more of those games but i think it, if people don't question why that is mm -hmm. and i think it, it i really do feel like there is an underlying push towards that that aligns with the coziness of analog games yes that i feel like then there is a degree to which hopefully we'll start to see publishers actually taking a step back and going well yeah like to what extent are we delivering people right. with a false feeling yes yes i know what you mean and then and then daybreak you know it does do a lot everything is fsc certified it's all recyclable um it doesn't have any shrink wrap or any plastic components it's all wood and yeah. it has like little, they almost look like takeaway trays, the little, uh, <laughs> like, you know, those cardboard yeah. ones you might get at a food truck and the yeah. little component chip trays. They expect charming. them to have like pakora in or some sweet potato <laughs> fries, but yeah, not exactly. many because they're only small. They're <laughs> disappointing quantity of sweet potato fries. But to get like, I think the game itself is really yeah. interesting. The shape of the game is odd. Yes. We've talked a lot about like what this game kind of is in a broad sense, but in a specific sense, what do you do in this game on a turn? That's probably what people really want to know. Um, so you have all these different phases i'm not going to get into like loads of detail about some of them because there's some like at the start of the round you draw like some crisis cards yeah. that are going to do bad things at the end of the round if you don't solve them you're going to start a global project which is something that everyone can contribute to and then you have you know phases where you're going to uh, make the planet worse at the end these upkeep phases but the core of the game that is the interesting sort of like gooey part that you're you know interacting with the most on a you know real basis is the local phase which is the second thing you do in every round so you have this admin phase and you have a local phase where you will each draw a huge number of cards from this absolutely massive deck yes or you draw five cards you draw a hand of cards from this absolutely gigantic deck uh, that sat on the table and then what you will do is you will just sort of in a quite solitary way you will play out those cards to your player board in front of you you start with five cards in a row on top of your player board, and then you're going to stack cards on top to create these big columns of like bonuses and combos. So the feel of this um, is a lot more like Ark Nova or Terraforming Mars than it is to games like Pandemic, mm. because it's much more about creating little synergistic combos. And then what you'll do is, so the way that these cards work is you will either tuck them under a card to add tags, which are these little icons on the top, um, to make actions stronger, or you will play a card on top of the column, which means that you will have access to that action, but you're getting rid of the action that you had there before. You're covering it up. 
And so there is some really interesting stuff you can do with this system because there aren't many limits to what you can actually activate on your turn. Like it says on some cards, limit once per turn or once per, you know... Um, per combination of symbols or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And so what you will be doing is you'll quite often have a turn where you'll go, right, I'll use this card and then I'm going to cover it up with a different card. Then I'm going to use that card. Then I'm going to cover that card up with another one and you stack up these things to combo, combo, combo. But what's interesting about the sort of cooperative nature of it is that you will not draw cards that are necessarily, you know, incredible for you straight away. Yeah. And I think that America, one of their starting cards lets you give cards away. And so you have these little discussions of, you know, you said, oh, I really need this kind of symbol. Have you got any of those to spare? And then I'm looking at that card going, I don't really have it to spare, but yes. I do have it. How much do you need it? Is it useful for you? Do we need more forests this round or do we just need to get rid of all of the carbon that we're accruing? Yeah. Because then what happens is after your local phase where you play out all these cards, you share all this stuff, you then have this absolutely devastating phase where players will create carbon. You look at every single source of dirty energy on your player board and you dump all that carbon into this big recent emissions bar at the top. So every player just chucks a load of it out there and you create loads of this in the first round. It's yeah. really demoralizing. Yeah. You make so much of it. And some of it... Gets I was playing as China and I was like, I was making a lot of carbon. You're making a lot of carbon. Like, it was yeah. like, you're like, okay, I'm doing 12 and I'm like, okay, I'm doing like, 22 you're like what give me a break there's a lot of people over yeah. here we're doing lots of things all right it's gonna you know get that, it down we should get into that later on because there's a really interesting asymmetry and in how that yes. stuff works um like because different countries produce they start with different kinds of emissions so yes. america starts with tons of cars and so getting rid of cards that get rid of cars are more useful to me than they are anyone else yeah. likewise china starts a lot of manufacturing so having ways of getting rid of those emissions is more important and so to i you. think like the the, the cards interplay stuff is really the meat of the game yeah and we'll definitely like but i think that it's 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 good to kind of get a vision of like the player boards in front of you effectively that represent mm -hmm. the part of the world that you are yeah and sometimes as that's like a country and some versions of the game you are just like the player who is the rest of the world like yes. you're like everyone else mm -hmm. and they basically have these these two kind of slots horizontal kind of rows where mm. you, you nestle in these tiny little chits they look like uh charge bars for like a battery or something yeah. like that and then they represent like uh the, the types of energy you have in one bar so mm -hmm. it's like clean energy and green energy no no opposite of that dirty energy <laughs> and green energy mm -hmm. and then having like the different types of emissions so you might have like agriculture uh residential industrial yes. like different types of things like cars mm -hmm. that represent like what the different types of emissions are that you have to get rid of specifically yeah so each player has their own puzzle in terms of like well this is what i've got to try and manage in terms of this is my population the energy requirements uh and then these are the the weaknesses that i have and then these are the specific issues i have to solve yeah and then you've got the collective crises on the board of the cards that are popping up and yeah and popping off and then obviously these wonderful little wooden symbols for like trees and oceans that are going to be the <laughs> things that will soak up your carbon mm -hmm. for you yeah because at the end of the round once you've produced that huge amount of carbon you then have some of it get sequestered in oceans and and trees like naturally but then everything that's left over gets put on this massive thermometer that's on the yeah. side of the board and then once you reach certain thresholds you add these like 0.1 degree bars to that yeah and if that ever tops out then you lose the game there's other ways you can lose that like if your a community is ever too much in crisis which yes. means you're not meeting their demands enough or if there's too many natural disasters as a result of that temperature bar going up you can also lose in that way or if you just take too long yeah that's also another way of losing the game um but as you add these bars to this um thermometer you're going to be rolling this dice more times each round and the dice is going to do things like you know it's going to hurt the rainforest it's going to 
cause oceans to dry up, all of that kind of stuff, which are ways they further complicate the game. They add more, um, you know, irritations to the to the issues. Issues, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah calling climate change a series of small irritations is definitely downplaying the. Well, I mean, that's there. what it is to most people now. They're like, oh, <laughs> that's what is, it starts as. Why is this delayed? Why, why are these <laughs> protesters stopping my commute? Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's interesting the way that like they've managed to. Uh, turn so much of this into just simple mechanics the iconography mm. in this game Very as clean. you'd expect like you know cmyk are the masters of visual design amongst other things but the fact that it is as simple as like yeah if you've had enough like community in crisis things happening then mm. your hand size each turn gets yes. smaller yes. of it just being like yeah that's a very easy way mm -hmm. of saying people are really annoyed with you and therefore like you've got less stuff happening like yeah, you've got yeah. less like support it's also the idea that like well you know you draw a hand of five ways of creating green, green energy every round but if your community's in crisis like you haven't got the yeah. funding to do you that. know the you funding resources the yeah. time so yeah you're trying to keep on top of that so that you can actually like have the support network that you need to, to actually make these changes mm -hmm. But then, yeah, it, it just does so much with so little in terms of like a lot of these cards will like have a tight liver thing, a nice bit of art, and then just a couple of tiny, very simple bits of iconography. Mm -hmm. It's not leaning on like flavor text or anything. No, no. It's just like an idea. And that's where the, the QR codes QR are so cards, cool. Yeah, it's, the flavor text is off the card. Because a lot of it's just like really interesting. You're mm. like, what is this? Yeah. You're like, this looks like weird silver balloons that get floated up into the atmosphere. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the idea. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I really like all of that stuff. And I also really like the way that the different nations do have different problems that you don't see initially. Yeah. Like we talked about the stuff having different kinds of emissions, but also at the end of every round, your demand for energy goes up. Um, and this just seems like a really simple thing at the start. You're like, oh, well, it's just going to, of course, it's going to go up every round. You're going to need to make more energy, whether that be, you know, clean or dirty energy. We need more of it. Um, but I really like that in the first game of this I played, I was playing as the majority world, which is you have the US, you have China, you have Europe, the sort of standard factions, and then you also have factions. And then you also have a uh, majority world. A majority world, their energy goes up, their requirement goes up faster than anyone else in the game, yep. which means that they are a little bit, and I'm sure you could make it work, but they're sort of locked out of just being able to, you know, phase out their dirty energy they have to rely on it for quite a lot of the game mm -hmm. and so playing with them in the game creates a very different you know game state a different problem like you're always going to have this source of like dirty energy that's going to be yeah. coming out every round so you need better ways of like preventing you know getting carbon capture in rather than converting them to clean and that's, that's really interesting and that's where i think that they actually the way that your hand and your play area works is really smart of yeah. it being like you can only ever have five things in front of you mm -hmm. and the fact that like you can play cards from your hand to improve the things there or to go over the top of them to change them into new things yeah um it really does limit you because mm -hmm. you can't have a machine that does everything and you yes, just go okay yes. well i've got this that allows me to get more green energy but then you're not reducing your carbon and so mm. it is that tricky thing of like i did a really good job of reducing my dirty energy output as china yeah. But then I just consistently didn't have enough energy. Yeah, yeah. And I just think there's an honesty to the systems of Daybreak, which was really refreshing of it, rather than it being a kind of happy, clappy, cheerful, like, hey, let's make the world better. It's like it does represent the challenges of it mm, and the yeah. fact that it's like, well, yeah, there are things we can do, but also, like, it's tough. Yeah, the things that we do, you know, will also kind of represent a whole litany of things that we could not do. But also yeah. I like the way that by having these, like, cool technologies and cool ideas in it, it's not just like, I think a lot of the time, and 
unfortunately, I think at this point, like anyone who who does have this mindset is probably not listened this far into the podcast and has turned it off and been like, bleh, bleh. but I think it's important to remember that a lot of time when people are detractors of of this sort of stuff, when people are like, oh, don't want to think about climate change, don't want to <laughs> think about trying to, you know, make the world better or whatever. A lot of the time it's because it's framed as being just like, well, we have to have less things. We have to have night, but worse things. Right, right. Things, you know, you have to be like, you have to stop eating nice things now and we have to all eat. <laughs> we have to eat like brown rice every meal. It's green time. Yeah, as if it's like, it's a negative thing. It's going to just make everything worse for us. Or a us. punishment, yeah. Yeah, and that's not true. And it's fascinating how actually a lot of the stuff in terms of systems to improve things are actually really exciting and really cool. Mm. Like bioengineering. Yeah, We've yeah. already been doing bioengineering without really <laughs> thinking about it for a long time. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't have to be like boring, eat your greens, eat your yeah, browns. Yeah. It's like, it can be awesome. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the way that that this game's theme and the way it feels to play taps into both of these things of like it sometimes is hard and sometimes it's a challenge where you have to make sacrifices but sometimes the things you do can be cool as hell yes and the way that you play this game open mm. i said at the start this is really interesting and it is a really odd game it is in it's very so many ways like you have a hand of cards but you play them open style yeah the game just says like yeah you draw your hand but you don't need to hold it just put it on the table just put it on the table (laughs) and the way that you have this system therefore of like you're not even taking turns you just do your turn in whatever Mm -hmm. speed you want yeah that adds some rub that i think we both felt like was a little odd the flow of the game feels weird because it means sometimes you have a round that's quite easy and sometimes you have a round that's more complicated Mm. and quite often You'd completely finished your round and played all of your cards. And I hadn't done any of mine yet because I was like trying to puzzle out the order of it. It's really strange initially when you start playing the game and it's like, right, and now we play the game. And there's like no structure. And you're like, uh, okay. But when you, I think the thing that's really nice is that when you then start pushing into that and getting into the systems, it becomes so free flowing and chatty in a way that I was a little bit worried that this game, I think it's, I also think, important to mention this game is really good at two i think it's very like at three i think that you kind of have enough bases covered that you can get into these spots where people are just kind of doing their own thing and you're not paying that much attention but at two just only having two players that have to cover all the various like you know bells and whistles and and you know like manage all the levers that you have to pull to get the climate to not be a nightmare yeah um it's more rewarding as a puzzle and you're chatting much more you're discussing with each other what you're doing more than we were in the three-player game yeah um but yeah like that openness of the information um like you know pushes that along and that freedom to kind of like discuss and chat is like yeah it's really nice it's really wanted it's like not a game where you only care about what you're doing on your turn because your turn doesn't really exist yeah kind of everyone's turn all the time yeah (laughs) and also just the simplicity of the little symbols and the colors meaning that you know you had the ability to give cards Mm. and that i had cards coming up that might have given me the ability to do that if i wanted to take that right right but it meant that I didn't have to worry too much about what was on your side of the table, but I was just looking out for symbols Mm. and being like, oh, I could do with some of those, actually. (laughs) And then it meant that because of, you know, the fact that they were in front of you still, there were occasionally you would read something and you would be like, oh, this card would be really good for you, actually. And it was nice. I wonder how badly it would suffer from quarterbacks. Yeah, sure. Because I don't, I kind of interested because I wonder if like, if everything being open might, encourage or discourage that yeah but like, hey what the hell are you doing with that you should be planting trees yeah i mean it's interesting but i yeah the flow of it was just so alien it mm. was as somebody who's been taught games many many times yeah you taught the game perfectly 
you explained it to me and then we sat down and I still felt a little bit like hang on what am I doing like, it's like it did feel yeah. freeform in a way yes, that yes, was yes. odd it's something where on paper it all it's it's a definitely a feeling thing because on paper it's like right so we're going to do like a little bit of admin and then we're going to play our cards and then we're going to create carbon which is going to do bad things and then we're going to do it again and it's like oh okay that flow makes sense and then but whose then, turn it is yeah. it's no one's turn <laughs> You're like, it's Ugh. never anyone's turn you just do things yeah absolutely and it's very strange yeah, really interesting though. I'd I'd like to play more of it, especially with the, you know you were talking about with three players. It's like I'm sure it would be a bit more like solitary. But then mm. I wonder like maybe if that's partly because you're good at games, and maybe. I wonder if you whack in some of the challenges and stuff and make it harder. Yeah, because I found what was interesting about our game was it did feel a lot less like pandemic of like this is the problem. The mm-hmm. problem is spoilers the viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, in this it felt <laughs> more like you've got all these different things that you're trying to manage and all these different potential problems. But we just like nailed it on a few things and the other problems yeah, didn't yeah. matter. And I wonder if you start to turn up those dials a little bit more and make mm. things a bit nastier, whether or not the shape of the game would change substantially. Yeah, I'm really interested because both times I've played it, I felt it's a little easier mm. than maybe I'd have wanted. But I also think that's a point of it being more broad. Like we've played a lot of these kinds of games. Yes. Maybe we're a little better at them. So I think that adding in a few challenge cards next time would definitely make the game crunchier, more interesting, and maybe, yeah, encourage more discussion in a three-player game. Like, you know, you feel like you've got a lot of bases to cover in the two-player game because not much carbon is going to spill the, the, that thermometer up and, and make things worse. Um, but in, yeah, in a three-player, that got, got lost a little bit. So yeah, I'm interested to play more of it. I and really I'd be fascinated as well to see how people react to who don't play games as much. Because for yeah, me, absolutely. the whole fact that it's like, well, yeah, there are no turns, it's free form, was a little alien. Mm. And a little bit like, what? Okay, <laughs> how does this work? Whereas actually, it, the thing it reminded me more of is almost like sort of team building exercises that people do in like you know yeah, yeah. here's a puzzle now you're gonna sit around a table and you can all talk <laughs> about it and you've all got different things and mm. it's like it did feel less like a yeah taking away that structure of the game and having it more being a, a collaborative thing for me felt really odd but i almost wonder if like for people who don't really play games that might actually feel more natural sure yeah like in an odd way i've definitely been thinking a lot recently about how i teach games because i've been teaching games for a very long time to people who play games a lot yeah and i find that teaching in that way people who don't play games much is like a really alienating experience and it like freaks people out and so i've been trying to expand my game group with more people who are you know into you know chiller games or also more heavy stuff and yeah pitching a teach like that it's really hard it's It's really weird and that's and and i'm always like whenever i'm playing games for people and there are people who don't play games as much i'm 100 percent happy with the person teaching it to teach it in a very different way that's far slower and far more gentle Mm -hmm. whereas you know now like when you're just teaching me a game i want the wikipedia page yeah yeah, you i want the imdb (laughs) i I don't i don't need like a gentle walk through the park you can just list rules at me and i'll be like got it we um we've been playing some of later games's latest arcs Uh, we've got a relatively early copy of this thing and it was so funny when we played that uh just yesterday and i taught the game to matt and he was i was saying oh it's a weird game it's a little strained it's got all these odd systems and stuff and you just quietly listen throughout the whole teach and then absolutely (laughs) right to the floor with us demolished it was like i think you ended that game with like 
the game end trigger is get to 30 points. And by round four, you had 35. Yeah. And me and my partner were trailing on like six or seven. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah, it was a destruction. But I mean, I did say at the time, I was like, yeah, Tom, you, you taught the game really well. <laughs> that was, like, it was so funny when you take a move that was incredibly powerful and like wipe me off the board. And you'd be like, oh, to be fair, you did teach the game yeah, really yeah. well. You know, there were, there were a few points where you were like, now this might not seem important, but it is important. Or like, it's important to remember this because I, know. I was like, I took note of it all. And then I used that information and I absolutely... <laughs> Absolutely destroyed you with to it. To dismantle us. And it was yeah. just watching you going, oh God, as we being like, no, Tom, this is good. You did a great job. Congratulations on creating this monster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Daybreak, super cool, super weird. I mean, yeah, like, I, I, the odd is the word. Yeah. I, 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 I'm keen to play more of it because I kind of know when you were like, yeah, yeah, you kind of didn't seem sure about it after you played it and before I'd played it. I and was very, very excited for this game. I think that's definitely something that feeds into it. I'm I was sure that really, adds to it. But I, I heard so many good things about it that when I then played it for the first time was a bit like, yeah, no, it's good. It's a bit weird. Yeah. That, you know, that definitely caught me off guard. I feel like the oddness has just overwhelmed everything else for me. Mm. It's like I had a nice time with it, but I feel like, yeah, I need to go back to it because it's so much more different and interesting than i was expecting yeah. that i kind of don't know what i feel about it yeah because yeah, yeah. i can't i can't see the shape of it as easily as i usually would sure because it's different most of the time i can play a game once and i can get a pretty good sense of providing i'm sure we've played it right and i've played it with in the right circumstances i get a pretty good shape of like whether or not it's really good or good mm. or great and then there's more drilling into understanding after that but a lot of the time you can see the shape of things quite quickly if you've done this yeah, yeah, for yeah. as long as we have. For sure. Whereas with this, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Help. I don't know. <laughs> like, which is great. It's uh, it's lovely to be um, a lost fish in a new pond. And that's about all for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we've got also on the site this week a review for Earthborn Rangers. A similarly eco-friendly game. Yeah, no, very cool in terms of production. But really, you know, the main thing that's cool about it is the design. Is that it's sick. It's really cool. It's really good. Um, do check out that video. Um, it's, a, it's a big one, but it's a very complicated game to describe. And it's just a box full of cards, but it's also a ton more than that really really exciting design definitely check that out and we're probably gonna have a podcast where we go into more deep diving very soon yeah about like some of the more spoilery or you know just getting into the the weeds a little bit more on the experiences we've had with the game if everything goes to plan here's what you can look forward to in our earthborn rangers extended coverage extravaganza we should have another podcast where we talk a bit more about Earthborn Rangers yep. itself. But then if you are a donor to the site, yep. we're going to have a bonus podcast where we talk about some other bits of media that we wanted to talk about in the Earthborn Rangers script. Yes. But it was already like half it an hour long. It was already half an hour long. <laughs> and like, listen, it's tough. Like, you know, people are like, oh, this is too long. It's like, it's really hard to discuss this game. Yeah. It's, it's so exciting. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think we could talk about it forever, but I think that actually the video, as long as it is, is a pretty succinct way of describing exactly what it is and why that's cool uh, with some nice colors in between. But yeah, it's got some good colors. If you're a supporter of the podcast and the website and all of the things, then yes, you will get another bonus podcast where we talk about some really cool media. We're going to talk about Scavenger's Rain, a TV oh, show, which is what absolutely, a show. absolutely banging. And we're going to talk about Rain World, which mm -hmm. is a game that Tom loves so much that he's got a ta tattoo of it on his human body. A tattoo of it. On my bum. It's <laughs> you not on my don't. bum. It's not but on you my might. bottom. You might in might. the future. That would be a full sick. bum tattoo of Mr. Rainworld himself, <laughs> <laughs> the little guy. 
yeah, so that's going to be a bonus bits podcast, which if you are a supporter of Shut Up and Sit Down, you can get access to and just listen to me and Tom talking about some other stuff that we yeah. like. Got a lot of good bonus bits coming out this month. It's going to be yeah. good. It's going to yeah, be a good it's month a little for it. back end of, of extra things that like where we we try extra formats. We just have things we care about that we want to try. And we have early access to like new projects and new formats that we're working on. So you can give some feedback on it. You can go to shutupandsitdown.com forward slash donate or you can go to patreon.com forward slash shut up and sit down if you would like to support the work that we do and get some cool weird scrappy nonsense get some bits for you for your for your coin bits when you're doing the washing up either way thank you very much for listening and uh, be sure to go on spotify and uh, let us know whether or not you think i should be in in, in prison in prison again again sure yeah bye, bye. bye.